to Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We're also streaming live on TuneIn Radio and newhavenindependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash newhavenindependent or go to your Facebook page and look us up. And you can also hit see first to hear and see all the great programs we have here on WNHH and Cannabis Corner Radio is also streaming live on Greenhaven Media Facebook and ProCannabisMedia.com. It is Monday, February 6, 2023. I am your host, Joe Lachance, and I am joined by my co-host here, Uncle Lou. Lou Vega, how are you today? How's it going, good brother? I'm having a beautiful day out here. We had a nice little cold snap, but uh, the weather's rebounding, and it's you know winter in New England. Other than it that, is. it's been a it's been a good week. I like to believe um, lots of stuff going on in the area, lots of stuff in cannabis, lots of stuff in just regular happenings. So um, yeah, there is a lot. You know, of stuff how are you on. doing, brother? How are you doing? I'm doing very very well. Um, Puerto Rico nice- treating you well. Puerto Rico is treating me well, but I'm getting ready to come back soon. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, got some projects I'm working on. The big knee can convention. You got know, to- I'm I'm excited. You got to you got to tell us a little bit more about this. You know, maybe get a couple minutes and tell us before. I know you got a lot going on with it, but similar knee can as they always are, just with a nice you know hometown kind of group as well. Oh yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm helping Mark and Beth put together the show. Um, we have a lot of good local vendors who have taken tables and good exhibitors. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of names we know. I don't want to, you know, name them on the show, but a lot of good people we know are going to be there. And I hope to get more, more local people. I'd like to get uh, a lot of diversity in there as well, especially on the speaker program. So, yes, I'm looking forward to be a pretty Connecticut-centric event, um, you know, with as many small businesses and, you know, as diverse as possible for Connecticut. Do you know what I'm saying? I really want it. I really want it to represent the entire Connecticut cannabis scene from top to bottom. Kind of the whole the whole industry mixing into legal legacy to legal and. Yep. Getting the ancillaries and everybody given a chance. Yep. Everybody given a chance to network with each other and to speak. You know what I mean? To talk about what they do and, you know, what they love about what they do, you know, basically, and help educate the people about other other things that they may not have thought of. You know, there's many ways to get in the industry, as you know, Um and if we have ancillary businesses there, it might spur somebody on to uh, to join something like that, you know, to get yeah. into that, you know, not well, everybody wants to work with the plant. 
you know, and there's a lot of individuals that are like that went through different trainings that have gone through different things. Like, um, like a uh, big shout out to uh, Jefe Zardin. They are, uh, they're a great small group, you know, him and his wife, they know the plant. They did the Oaksterdam thing. They, they pushed forward and now they're here. They're from the state and they're just looking to continue to push their information. I think there's a lot of people like that, that, may have known some things didn't get a license, but they can definitely work in the space. Right, right. And and the good thing about what I've seen so far from the people who have uh, signed up is there are accountants. So let's say you just graduated college with an accounting degree and you want to get in the cannabis industry. You could network and meet one of these accounting firms that specializes in cannabis and maybe get yourself a position. Same thing with lawyers. Same thing with security companies. All these different people will be there, even though they really, um, you wouldn't normally consider them to be in the cannabis industry. They but all they are. Are, have, right, they're all getting into it. So, yeah, because uh, there's know, niche market. It's a niche market, which means that it covers so many different things, but it's all now hunkered under one umbrella. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, attorneys um even builders right hvac yep. if you have experience electrical engineers in electrical um, engineers all these things are going to be engineers. needed yep literally everything literally everything and um right now with the industry gearing up uh the NECAN convention is in may it's on may 20th or 21st in hartford uh you know i encourage people to sign up uh sign up to speak especially and uh if you know if it's in your budget uh, it's definitely worth your while to pick up a, a booth um very I know, cool we used to exhibit there with yep. um the we did it with everything time, with everything yep. and it was I always it always paid off yep so and then they have their Boston convention coming up. So if you want to get a taste, that's uh, the first weekend in May. I think it's the 10th and the 11th. So there you go. You can take a ride up to Boston, get a taste of what might be in Connecticut. So there's my plug for New Can. <laughs> we got a good show. We got Dr. Aaron Doolittle yep. uh, coming on today. And I believe Kamora Harrington will be joining us as well. I'm very um, excited both of them. Yeah, I wanted to just uh, real quick touch base on what we started to talk about last week. Um, Christina Eva, our good friend, sent me over a list of every bill uh, that is cannabis related in the current session. And can I tell you, it's worse than I thought. It's really I'm telling worse. you, Joe, it's a whole lot of things. It's too many things. Um, there's a couple of good ones I see. Uh, yeah. An act authorizing the deduction of certain business expenses right. uh, by cannabis establishments. I know that's Juan Roja. An act establishing a graduated schedule of cannabis license application fees. That's another good one because we could use a little bit of tiered system yep. so people can open smaller ones. So there's a lot of them there, Joe. It's just that's where it's like some are good, some are bad, some are oh, positive, yeah. some. But there's just a lot, which yeah. shows that the legislation legislators are all doing something. Everybody wants their piece of this beginning cannabis market. Oh, you can tell the ones the Republicans put in. 
Right. Um, an act repealing restrictions on cannabis related stops. I don't know what this one is. An act establishing the office of the cannabis ombudsman within the Department of Economic and Community Development. Ludwig, what is an ombudsman? Do you know what that is? It sounds like something like a, it's a snitch. Um, it's a snitch. <laughs> These are just more regulations. Sounds like some mystical title. <laughs> no, it's the whole idea of that is more regulation over the industry, realistically. Oh, so they so, want even more regulation than they already have by making like a czar. Is that what it is? Like, yeah, some. But what I mean, going forward, the whole idea of all of those is more regulation. More regulation means that it's yeah, going to cost more. Yeah, more regulation. It's going to cost more. Uh, and somebody what ends sent up me. Happening? That's what Patients pay happening. for it. Patients and customers now. Somebody sent me over a receipt from uh, a a dispensary. It was outrageous the amount of taxes they're charging. Outrageous. I'll see if I can bring it up. That's what it's. It's not what the dispensary is charging. It's what the state legislation is. So, yeah, that means that it just has to be. That's where going in, advocating, getting more bills. It's more bills and more bills. But to actually. so to actually set those numbers, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Three those items. numbers are based, those those numbers are based on what it costs to run the program. So if you create more regulation, not to say that we need to be more regulated, but you know, standards should be upheld. But the more regulation you have, the more expensive things become. Well, just look at this now. This right re, re I can't bring it up. I don't want to bring it. I could. Um but anyway, the subtotal was 99 bucks. It was for 2.10 total grams. Sales tax was 76 cents. Cannabis potency tax, 383. State sales and use tax, 629. Was this for a concentrate? There was a concentrate and um, I think an eighth of bud. Um, municipal cannabis tax, 261. Yep. Edible potency tax, 273. Yep. Total tax sixteen twenty three. Yep, twenty percent. It's outrageous what you're paying. Not only just for Joe, the it's I'm cannabis just, task, you know, like not even to what is it in all the other states? It's California. The same. Yeah, it's the same. You know, not. But to, I have a feeling the products themselves are a little cheaper. So in other words, not only is the product price high. But right. the tax is high too. Right. I think in other states they've gotten to the point where the product price is at least cheaper now. We got to get yeah. to that point. <laughs> that's that's the part that needs to happen because the taxes are going to be there no matter what. That's right. one of the tough things. Yeah. Now the price that it costs to run things and all that comes with the amount of regulation that's attached to it, man. And I'm not really for all that extra regulation because they make us jump through hoops that I really hate jumping through. And that's why they add more taxes to pay for the uh, people more who taxes. have to regulate, who have to put all these new regulations in. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just ridiculous. But, you know, we should have known this was going to happen. Well, I, one way to one way to alleviate that is actually have more operators. Because then the tax can be spread out among more people. So literally right. all, licensing more people, they can lower that stuff. Right. So it's and not I, saying... Yeah, so let's license more people. Well, they, well, yeah, and we have a bunch that are going to be opening. Yeah. So you're right, there'll be more competition. So these guys, these four guys here cannot determine 
the prices. It's going to have to be more competitive market prices. Um, because let's be real, these four guys get together and they say, okay, guys, this is what it's going to be. You know, um, they all agree on a certain cap of these prices that they're going to keep it at. But once they have 20 more dispensaries, yeah, they things 10, are going to start dropping more down. growers, it'll it'll right. drop down. Yeah, because the way that it's set right now, it's the lowest eighth on the recreational side is forty five dollars. Right. And then it bounces up to fifty five and sixty five. Right. Uh, freaking eighth for an eighth. Well, the Mylar bag boys. Remember that stuff, though? Yeah, but that was back in the day. What are you getting an eighth for now? No, I'm legacy? talking. Oh, depends where you're at, Joe. I, you know what I mean? I'm still. You're still seeing sixties out there. There's definitely people that are still at the 60 bucks. I got this and that and a special name and this one and that one. I need 60 bucks. Oh, word. Wow. Dude, down here, you can get them. You can get Z zips for 60 of shake. Well, zips. that's also because it's, there's a ton of you. There's a ton of medicinal. All of them are vertically integrated. The price per product in the legal market is really low. Yeah. That's how it is. And yeah, even if you go to Cali, the taxes are high, but the products are cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Colorado. You know, yeah. Same thing. And that's what I'm saying needs to happen in Connecticut. Yeah. Here, they just charge standard sales tax. They don't yeah. put any extra, you know, this, oh. that, and the other thing. It's like... And it's medical, so they're doing something that a lot of states don't do, but it's like Puerto Rico needs the money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't begrudge them there. I mean, they are. They, we have a real high tax rate to 11%. 11% sales tax. So we're close anyway. And that's, right. just, that's just the normal. Implementing, imagine implementing a 10% cannabis tax. <laughs> right. Now you're up to 21%. And they could do that if they legalize, but they won't. I don't think they're going to legalize here till the feds actually do. That's yeah. just the way this this administration down here operates. You know, um, they 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 kiss the butt of the uh, of the U.S. because someday they're just hoping that they're going to become a state. Oh, I don't. You know me, dude. Why would you want to? That's at it. this point. I mean, Maybe that. <laughs> why would you it. want to freedom? Right. It. Why? It's just I'm. I don't know what they're going. I believe. Thinking. I believe that the U. The, that the Puerto Rican people can 100% govern themselves. There is yep. some government in place. It's not like it's going to be crazy. Offer dual citizenship to any uh, mainlanders that are looking to get put, caught back from the sporia. Like yep. it's people are woke enough and all this other mumbo jumbo to get it done. In all honesty. <laughs> I think that the the young people are motivated enough to kind of push it, and I think with the right um, political campaigns and protests and everything else, it'll happen because the privatization of the island is really happening, and realistically, it's yes. happening through the U.S. It's happening just like just exactly what happened in Hawaii. So now the other I, tropical island that the U.S. has other than Hawaii. Now they're over here to Puerto Rico. So they're like, oh, we're going to destroy their culture, destroy the land, take the land, colonize it. And then all we're going to have in Puerto Rico are the Logan Pauls of the world. And what uh, what's you. that other guy? Brock, uh, Brock Pierce. Yeah, they're going to, you know, they're already smoking. They're doing, they're, they're, they're the ones that are like doing blow and 
booze and everything else over there. Like, let's bring some weed guys into it. We'll take it over. Yeah, they um, they definitely um, were down here. I saw Brock Pierce here. Yeah. And he was hanging out at the bar, drinking and doing all that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so that's where uh, we're like, uh, I think that the Puerto Rican people can definitely take that over and take care of what they need to. And if somebody wants to be there, Puerto Rico should be making the money off of it, not not privatized organizations. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. right, right. That's so my thought I, on that. I just got a, a, a message from Erin. She's going to be on in a minute. Um, but I think Kamora is on. Kamora, is that you? I don't know. There's there's somebody else on on the call. Oh, that's that's actually my uh the internet thing has started doing its thing. Um so if you're part of Google Teams or any of that stuff, they actually have an AI bot that will transcribe my Zoom calls and all that other stuff it just kind of jumps on with me. Oh, is that what that is? Is that why it says .ai? Yep. <laughs> So afterwards, it'll send me a email in like just bullet points and with time frames and everything. And it say, this is what we talked about here, here, here. And kind of gives me a meeting note of everything we've done. Really? Yep. Stepped up into the future there, buddy. Wow. Well, I've been I've been playing around with uh, this AI. As yeah, you know, man. I think you and I chatted about that. This it AI can do is some a- amazing things. I'm working on it for a project with my daughter. She's, you know, kind of doing things. An AI, an, illustrate, an AI illustrator creating some different um, cards. So she's making a card deck for herself and hopefully we'll share it with the world. Oh, wow. Very, very cool. Yeah, it's interesting. All different types of things. You know, but the AI is awesome for all of that. You know, you can build websites, you can do it literally everything. Oh, dude, I, I had it do a bunch of stuff for me. Yeah. It's so, very cool. And I've just started playing with it. And there's a lot of free classes that you can go to and take the information and actually become somebody who knows how to use them and be viable. You know, this, yeah. is, oh, a yeah. whole new, this is a whole new sector that if you just take your part and do a little education, you can earn a little bit of money if you're listening. You know what I mean? Oh, but absolutely. If, you, I if believe you're a that young our guests, person... You should be getting oh, yeah. into AI for sure. Oh yeah, it's going to take over. <laughs> That's right. All right, literally. All right, I believe, our All right. I believe both our are. guests are here. Awesome. So um, let's start with uh, Doctor Doolittle, Aaron Doolittle. I just want to give a little quick intro here, and then uh, we'll we'll get both people in. So uh, Aaron Doolittle is a licensed marriage and family therapist specializing in PTSD and plant medicine. She was dispensing medical marijuana cards for six years, certifying around 1,000 patients. She recently opened Wholeness House, a space in Hartford where she does therapy and holds events of all kind. For example, on Friday the 3rd, they held an overdose response training with Narcan kits that they handed out for free in conjunction with the, the THE movement, a nonprofit recovery and harm reduction organizer out of, Ma- out of Manchester. And Aaron has recently partnered with Kimura's Cultural Corner to engage the BIPOC and the LGBTQIA community in Hartford and throughout the state. They will be screening her film, 
Black Art Heels, a documentary shot with local graffiti artists that follows the journey from art to healing. On February 21st at the Art Theater on Franklin Avenue at 6.30 p.m. And that's in Hartford. And yes, that is one of the last remaining X theaters in Hartford. So I wanted to welcome to the show uh, Dr. Aaron S. Doolittle, who's still connecting to audio, and Kimora S. Heron. Kimora, how are you today? Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm doing pretty okay. It's been a long time. We're waiting for uh, for Aaron to uh, connect. Uh, looks like she's trying to connect to her audio that I can see through Zoom. But why don't we chat a little bit about what's going on at Kimura's Cultural Corner. It's been a while since we chatted, and I know you've got a new series coming up and, and a few new things coming up besides the film. So let's chat a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. So the film, and as much as I love myself, some beautiful and amazing graffiti artists, the artists on tour with us were not graffiti artists. Um, let's see. One of one of the artists uh, on tour with us does go around Hartford and tags quite a bit, and you've definitely seen his art around. Um, but these were poets. So we had Brittany um, Versatile Poetic, who is a teacher for Crec. Um, We had Olusanye Bay, who does mindfulness workshops around um tree tree sage or kim hines was there and the film itself was created by um ephraim adams who is this amazing videographer here in connecticut so he's just put out an album um but this really interesting group of human beings from connecticut went down and then came back um and then we just did so as you know we did the um the narcan training on friday night and this is a beautiful thing place where things come together so you're talking about the triple x movie theater so how do you know the art cinema. Have you ever been to the art cinema for a movie? Um, no, not the one in Hartford, but I went to the one that used to be in New Haven. <laughs> so, you know, we we go, we go where we're going. No, Aaron told me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it's it's important that we meet people where they are, right? And our community is a whole lot of folks who have been told that they are marginalized and don't belong, right? And that they don't belong in, in other spaces. So we took over the Triple X movie theater because a lot of people who go there have been told that they're marginalized and don't belong. And we're going to go have our show and have a big old party there that night. Wow. So they rent it out. So anybody else who might have a screening in Connecticut, um, <laughs> it would, might be very cool to go try and rent out the same theater that you're renting out. Yes. Um, and and that's very cool. And they still show the movies there, too. So I hope they clean it before they do. Yep, they do. And they, <laughs> they will be in there. So so Tuesday night is the dark night. That's why we're doing it on Tuesday. We'll be in there cleaning up beforehand. Um, but thank you for bringing that up, because that's this beautiful way that community can support community. Right. And we can right. support all the different parts of our community. That place. Not a lot of people go out to the movie theater to watch their porn anymore. It serves a community need. Um, I'm not going to go out on a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday night to go watch triple X movies in the movie theater. I got the internet. But if I rent the place out for $250 on a Tuesday night, then I have this. It's got a balcony. Like, honestly, Joe, it's beautiful in there. The theater itself is beautiful. Um, but I've got this big, huge, wonderful screen to show my film on, bring my community in, and, and help support this organization or this this movie theater so that's one thing that i really am pushing to all the community groups that are working with us hey it only costs 250 dollars. where else can you rent an entire movie theater with 500 seats and a beautiful balcony for 250 dollars? that's that's a real good deal and you know the good thing about old theaters and, and i remember the old forest theater in west haven um there they were built 
so nice, like you say, with a balcony and, you know, in the original form, they all had ornate stuff inside. I mean, it was a big deal to go to the theater back then when those were built, right? Yes. It wasn't like today. Not a ton of movies are being released and it was like a special event. Yeah, there's a whole stage in front, like there's this, the the um, curtains that open. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, and I've tried to find movie theaters before and finding a movie theater for $250 that is that gorgeous is not going to happen anywhere else in Connecticut. No, 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 not at all. So that's awesome. I see that's on the 21st. Yeah. I'm still waiting for Aaron to come in, but let's talk a little bit about what else you got going on up there. Let's see. So we're in. I know it's winter, so there's no growing or any of that, but I'm sure you're gearing up. Uh, no, the important, the important growing stuff is happening. So I think let Aaron, <laughs> hey, Aaron. Um, but last time we spoke, I think I was telling you that we were working to um, to connect with the land for public trust to, to turn the into land and trust. Mm-hmm. We are there. We're moving forward on that really, really quickly. We've got we still need to raise. Um, well, in total, we need to raise about four hundred twenty thousand dollars. But we've got one um, one donation of one hundred thousand dollars and one of thirty. So so we're on our way. Nice. So, yep. But we're looking for sponsors for that. You know, folks who are interested in creating this green space and want to be a part of it. Send them our way and we're going to keep building. Um, OK, yeah. Send me over any info you got about it. You know, I'll post it up and promote it on the on the pages and everything. So please, I lo- yeah, most definitely. All right. So Aaron has joined us. So let's bring her on. Aaron, how are you? I already gave you your intro. <laughs> OK, the struggle <laughs> is real. I don't know why I'm having the hardest time, but how are you? I'm glad to see you. <laughs> Good to see both of you. Um, we're just talking about your partnership. There's Lou. Lou's popped hey. in. Hey. We're just pa- talking about your partnership. Yeah, my phone is is beat up right now. The things it goes in that. Was- <laughs> I love technology. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, well, maybe there's something in the air in the signals. I don't know. <laughs> Friggin' Monday. But. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But we're just talking about your partnership. But I wanted to touch base with you real quick on this new venture that you started. Uh, apparently, you have stopped doing medical marijuana certifications now. Yep, yep. That's I'm done with that. You've moved on, and yep. it's time uh, now. You've opened up your own place. It is called the Wholeness House. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. How it came to be. Where is it? You know, what do you do there? I kind of stumbled upon it about two years ago. Um, I had sworn to never leave my house again after working from home with COVID. I was like, this is great. I can be a hermit. I never need to leave. This is perfect. And then I just kind of stumbled upon this this, uh, mansion in Hartford with a very kind landlord who really just wants to bring in a collective, really, of artists and healers and all sort of creative folks. So in the building, I'm there. I do therapy there. We have events there. Kamora and I did a Narcan training last Friday. Um, there's a wedding planner there. I do weddings there. Um, it's really a space that anyone can come. If you have something that you want to present or a group that you want to do, or, you know, you have a, you have a vision, I can, I can help you bring that to life. Cause really I'm the venue. I'm just the house. I want to be your, you know, take care of everything, you know, make sure things are set up. It runs smooth and, you know, just offer a space for voices and people that maybe, you know, haven't been able to find a spot. And this is, uh, this is a really great opportunity for anybody who has something they want to share or, you know, create a community around. Oh, wow. So it's got, it's got a whole event space in there too. 
Yep, yep. We have a lot of we got good event space. We have parking. It's it's amazing. Oh, and so it's nice to see that two real good entities from Hartford are teaming up. Where's your place now? Is that in Hartford as well, or is that in Manchester? Right? No, the the house is in Hartford. It's, Perfect. Uh, yeah, it's right by the Science Center and stuff. Um, Charter Oak Place. It's a funky little one way street, so it's really quiet. Um, it's like a little little like park in the middle of nowhere that you wouldn't expect it's very it's quiet it's peaceful um and yeah i really love being in hartford there's so many great people connecting with core in hartford is like phenomenal i think there's a lot of good work we can do there great 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 now do you guys know if there i mean i know there are a few cannabis businesses that have been licensed for hartford um do you know of any that will actually be opening soon or do you know of anything going on Kamora in Hartford right now no 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 one opening anything anytime soon um lots of grumblings and since I'm not someone who's trying to open something I'm just regurgitating right but lots of grumbling grumblings on how nothing was set up for anyone to be able to actually open up when it was time to open up Oh, okay. Is that the fault of the state or the fault? From what I'm hearing from a lot of people, this is just, they're having a hard time finding a location. Finding They're finding roadblocks coming from not only realtors, but the zoning commissions. Big time. Um, they're finding roadblocks, especially in the larger cities. Um, so I believe it's it's something like something like that that's happening you know i heard from two people now well we need to i can tell you that in hartford you know hearts and minds and we can roll our eyes at that but i think one thing that a lot of cannabis proponents missed is that there's a lot of people who feel equally opposite and in hartford we've got nrzs and the nrzs are these small community organizations, these small community groups um, that have been given gatekeeper ability, right? So, so the, the NRZs arguably were created to dissipate real community power and put it into the hands of just a very few people who are in the know. So like that talented tent thing keeps happening. The NRZs were not courted and the NRZs were not educated. So many of the people who are the heads of the NRZs here in Hartford are people who benefit benefited from the war on drugs and all those interesting sick ways that people who live in the communities benefit from the war on drugs, right? Mm. Um, and so there's a real understanding and belief that cannabis is a drug and bad. And I think by not going to the NRZ meetings, and again, meeting people where they are, and then building out from there, that that was a place where we missed an opportunity. I don't think it needs to be a missed opportunity going forward. But the connections that need to happen in Hartford specifically between the cannabis community and the NRZ gatekeepers, that needs to be addressed. What, is the, what does NRZ stand for? Neighborhood Revitalization Zone. Um, oh. So in Hartford, there used to be there used to be groups like Heart. There used to be community groups created by community members that didn't have a tether to City Hall. So therefore, when bad things happened in their community, they could go yell about it and weren't a part of City Hall. When good things were coming into their community, they could go ask for it without it being connected to City Hall. City Hall came up with this thing called NRZ. So if I've got a community group and I care about the city, unless I've been approved by that NRZ, 
my voice oh. is silenced, right? So it's this way of saying, Joey, you're doing great work. You're amazing. You're wonderful. Let me give you a platform. Now let me silence your platform. You're now a part of the system. And therefore, your, even your ability to complain about the system has changed because you're getting a paycheck. You're being recognized in some way, right? Uh, so, right. By bringing you into the system, they're able to control you, basically. And we see it happen. Like I'm talking about Hartford, but we see this happen everywhere. And if there's a system, there's a way to take the cranky, loud person who's necessary and pull them into the system. Um, and, and that's what's happened with the NRZs. Um, and I do know that NRZs can be swayed. And I know that people can be moved with good information shared in a loving way. But that hasn't happened in Hartford yet. However, so that... the, the, police, the police have done a wonderful job of explaining how horrible and awful this is going to be. So again, so we've got people who are artificially giving power in the city, and the only people who've gone to talk to them are the people who say that we're bad. So it's a political thing within the city of Hartford, pretty much. Very right. political. Okay, because the administration seems to be all for it. But... That sounds good. Come visit me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, like our, you know, you've got, we've got a very mediocre mayor who is very well tapped in and knows how to do the bare minimum to look like he's doing great outside of Hartford while completely destroying our communities inside of Hartford. Oh God, that seems to be the story all over the place these days. You know, when we get on a deeper level besides cannabis, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's the important part for this, this conversation um, yeah. that, that you, you can't do, you know, is it, there's no single issue, you, know, you can't do the single issue, but if you try to, if you come into Hartford and try to address cannabis without looking at education, without looking at healthcare, without looking at the way the neighborhoods are pitted against each other, then you're not going to have a success. You're going to be right. You're going to be right forever, but you're not going to experience success. Right, right, right. I understand. So Aaron, I wanted to touch base with you a little bit. You said you're coming back to activism. Yeah, yeah. And Lou and I were discussing earlier on in the show on uh, the amount of bills that were put in. Um, <laughs> now, as an activist, and, and both of you are, are both activists, you have to focus on certain ones. I mean, there are certain ones you can look at them and go, never going to happen, never going to happen, never going to happen, never going to happen. But there are certain ones that may have negative effects and some that may have positive effects that you got to get behind, right? That you got to push for. Yeah. Have do you do you yourself or have you talked to other activists? Do you know what the main focus is going to be uh, for this year's legislative session? Do you know which bills you're going to focus on supporting and then which bills you're going to focus on killing? Yeah, we have we have a basic outline. We have a list of all the bills. Um, I know for me and like gift gang, we're definitely going to support the hemp farmers. We want you guys to get the, the cannabis licenses. You've been growing. You've been doing this for years. You should have been part of the opening. Um, we're going to focus a lot on micro licenses and uh, smaller cultivator licenses to make things more accessible to real people. I saw uh, there's a bill in for that. Yep. Yep. And, you know, we're, we're going to be checking them for things like they want to put in THC caps. That's yep. just checking my house. Don't mind me. Um, the THC caps thing. We're not a fan of that. Um, we are hoping there is a bill up there to actually regulate for quality control and reduce the mold limits. That would be great. Okay. Um, it's going to be a busy session. We've got a lot, a lot ahead of us. There's a lot of bills that just, we know they're going to die 
There's a bill to like delegal, like cancel the legalization. We know that's going to die. Oh yeah, me and Lou went over that whole Republican bill last week. It's a waste of time. It's never going to happen. Um, what are they I, just like probably, posturing? Yeah, yeah. I think they just want to get a little attention. It's only one one person on that bill. It's not like he's backed by lots of people. He's not. Uh, well, the um, one we looked at had ten Republicans behind it. Oh, for God's sake! Maybe they're rallying. But good <laughs> luck. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, the state, the money is already flowing. They are not going to give that up. So we're right. going to be check a lot for police procedures, especially for using the scent of cannabis as an opening. I saw that. Yeah. Billy, that's a hard no. This is legal. End of story. Right. But that I think is going to be a big focus. We're very concerned about policing and enforcement and, you know, protecting vulnerable members of the community because mm -hmm. this is legal. It's 2023, Connecticut. Okay, you want to you want to stop someone? You want to search someone? You better have a real reason. This is not a real reason. Right, right. I agree. I agree. So yeah, and Lou and I were saying, you know, you know, a lot of these bills call just for more regulation, more regulation. They want to put in what is an ombudsman? Ombudsman? That's very what the hell is that? I mean, what is that like a drug czar, right? Yeah, great question. No one actually knows what the hell that means and who would qualify. I shudder to think who they would select. So right. actually, it'd be just some political pick. Right, right. So I've reached out to some senators and, and uh, you know, sent some emails asking about this. I haven't heard anything back. There is no detail. So we're all just waiting on the edge of our seats to hear more about this Uh yeah, it just sounds like a way to regulate more. I mean, the Social Equity Committee, I believe, needs overhaul, yeah. but it's, it's it's undergoing an overhaul right now. There's a new person in charge. There's also, you know, uh, a lot of new people in charge of different areas like the Workforce Division and the Funding Division are all have new people in charge who... Um, actually may who may be hopefully make a difference i i would like to talk to the new chairman of the social equity committee but just you know just because they haven't you know i don't want to say really done their job but doesn't mean we need to name some god in there like ombudsman sounds like some mystical and then who's going to pay his salary? We are. They just add another tax. We also went over all the taxes they're charging. <laughs> all the taxes and the $10 million that the Social Equity Council failed to spend and lost. Right. Yeah. Could have gone to Social Equity candidates and really made a difference. They didn't spend it. So I'm like, no. what are we funding them for? None of them yeah. are educated in cannabis culture or, or medicine or history. Nothing nothing and we're building new education and i'm going to keep going back to that education thing because we can legalize as much as we want and if folks have no clue what's happening out there we're, we're, we've got reefer madness happening forever so there needs to be some type of a curriculum created for our educators yeah so i'm working on that i'm working on that more <laughs> right now Trust me, there will be an announcement made soon, maybe That's by the end of the month, and we'll get you all involved in that. <laughs> but I understand coming from an educational background, I've always felt that part of the reason that people are making some of these assumptions and wrong decisions is because they're not educated. 
And once you educate a person about what cannabis is really about, not the propaganda they've been spewing since the 1930s, you know, let's, if, if society is becoming updated, let's be real, it is, a lot of the old things in society are changing. This is one of them that has to change as well. And um, just to, so like one of the small efforts we do is, um, so we're in Bridgeport and then my kids go to school in Hamden. Uh, I'm part of the PTO, PTA in certain whatever places, you know, different districts are called parent teacher organizations. And that's something because, as you said, more, you know, meet them where they are, meet the individuals where they are. So I actually spend time in meetings and I get to talk with other parents who kids are share class with my kids and um, may not be as well versed in it. So you know, that's something, you know, that's where a lot of times though, because parents come out, parents will always come out and there'll be big groups that that don't know and. Sometimes we do our education in places that aren't accessible. So these PTO meetings and other small organizations like that, spend some time. That's what we do. That's what I do, me and my ex-wife. And because we do have two kids, you know, that's another thing. You know, your parent in this space and whatever part of it, it was, I have, an, I have a 12-year-old, my 12-year-old daughter, and I have a nine-year-old son. And at those age brackets, they are completely aware of what's going on. And when teachers and aides are like, oh, that's Rosie's dad, uh, you know, that's Rosie's daddy's. He always smells like weed. Or, you know, I've had the, D, you know, it was DCF at the time. But yeah, you know, I've had the agencies called on me. and I've had to have somebody sit in my house twice a week and make sure that I'm a good parent for like a year and that's harsh all over week mm. you know harsh. like and, and that's where so our education that's where the lifted labyrinths um yeah. those are educational opportunities and those are the, those cost money except for school principals except for except for school guidance counselors and it's for that and and it really is so those lifted labyrinths it's a whole lot of fun to come eat food with weed in it right it's mm -hmm. a whole lot of fun to sit outside and smoke weed and say that we can do this but the conversation that happens there is that shifting the idea and it's bringing teachers and so i just did a, a huge training with the american federation of teachers and a conversation that we have there's like so weed is legal in the state of connecticut now what do you do? Just to, to your point, what do you do when a parent drops their child off and smells like weed? And then we go into that conversation, but really creating, and this is that piece of education. How do you feel about it? What does it mean? What does it mean? If someone smells like weed, what does it mean? If you believe that cannabis is a drug, what does that mean to how you interact with other people? And, and it's that. It's teachers who aren't comfortable coming out and saying that they smoke because they're going to get in trouble for it. It is parents who are doing everything and like, dare doesn't exist anymore but children are still getting the message in school that if, if cannabis is around then their parents are drug dealers or drug users oh yeah lou was saying last week that if you go pick up your child smelling like weed the school has the right to call dcf on you you know and that's just an and, 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 and yeah. I, I imagine they do it too if you smelled like booze you know no you know they don't want the got people picking up kids drunk either but still, you just smell like it. Nobody can say you're high. You know what I mean? 
And that's where we come in and push the conversation because in many school systems, exactly what you just said, look, we would do the same thing if a parent came in smelling like alcohol. So what's the difference? Mm-hmm. We create the place to discuss the difference. We create the place to discuss, you know, because if you're in a greenhouse around it all day, you're going to smell. It's going to be a little bit different, but you're still going to smell. That doesn't mean that you've been smoking all day, but the ignorance of the people at that school around what cannabis is, how it works, how the smell does or doesn't Mm -hmm. around creates a place where they are hurting families. And our conversation is really like, let's discuss this. So if a parent comes in smelling, how do you feel about that? Why do you feel that way? We five Y all the way down to drill down to where there actually might be a place to be concerned and a place not to be concerned. And again, like getting people to understand, oh, that's my mess. Oh, when this happens, I don't, because as you said, they can call. And that's a very important distinction, right? So if a parent comes in smelling like cannabis, they don't have to. That's not a mandated report or call. That means that they get to play judgment. And yep. my job, very real, my very real j- job is to create a place where that doesn't happen. Because once that phone call happens, mm-hmm. people here know you don't need to be putting your child in any type of dangerous situation. Once the first phone call happens, everything ticks. Yep. To take that yep. kid away from You're you. on the list. So our job is to take that first person whose job it is to either choose to ruin your life or not ruin your life. Geez, this mother just dropped her kid off and she smells like weed. The kid is... On the honor roll, the mother is involved. The kid is always clean. Do I need to make this phone call? No, because right. it's some work. Okay, this mother came in smelling like cannabis. Cannabis is a drug. I graduated from college in 1994. I understand that this parent, this family is hurting this child and therefore this is abuse and I need to make the phone call. Right. There needs to be a lot of work where I don't care about the law. Like when it comes to that, the law isn't important because the human beings who are charged with figuring out if we have to enact, if we have to in, be involved with the law or not, are making judgment calls. And, right, and, you, and my yeah. work is that judgment place. And you bring up a good point. What if the person is actually employed in a cannabis facility and they smell like weed? You know, are you going to call on that? So what are you going to do? These, this is this person's job. This is their living. This is how they make their living. This is in Lou's case. Do you know what I mean? He works in the industry. So, I mean, there's got to be some kind of, you know, give and take with that. And I think, you know, we're talking about education. We've we've already come up with two groups that really need it. One is the parents, like Lou said, at the parent PTA meetings. And the second is the DCF. You know, the DCF representatives need to be educated here because you're right. They can ruin a family's life. Um, Oh, yeah. And then mm-hmm. even doctors, do you know that doctors have to report if a pregnant woman is tested for cannabis? Yep, that's a DCF call too. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, this is, you know, people think legalization is like, yay, we got legalization. But as we've all, you know, we've discussed on this whole show, there's a million things that still have to be done, you know, not only on the ground level with educating the public, educating the different sectors of the public, but now on the legislative level with all these crazy bills coming through with more regulation, less regulation, more you enforcement. Know, Joe, because I know we only got a couple of minutes going left, but just for this topic, let this, this is big, especially with our guests today, because there are going to be thousands of jobs that open up over the next two or three years as this space opens up. Right. And, parent-teacher organizations, the space where educators can come in and meet with individuals that are around the plant, 
very similar to what Kamora was saying, or some of the events that are going on with the wholeness house, integrating education, wellness, and the communities is going to be huge because as we start having more parents that are working in these fields, you know, my 12 year old daughter had this conversation in her classroom with her teacher and the paraprofessional. They were like, I saw your father on the news and it said his criminal record was expunged. Now she's having the conversation that, Oh yeah. Yep. That's right. My father smokes. My father, you know, does, does weed for a living. And it's like, okay. And the day after that, I'm getting called, Hey, we just wanted to have a quick conversation. I said, well, you guys asked a question about a personal thing that you didn't need to be asking my daughter. Oh no, no, no. We're not upset. But you know, we would like if you share information with some teachers that don't understand it, which was a nice way of doing it. But that could have went left. That could have went a different way, and it has gone a different way in other places. But this is this is huge. You know, our kids are learning about this. It isn't. Let's not be naive. When I was twelve years old, I was smoking weed already. So, and you, know, you learned it, about it on the streets, right? You oh, learned yeah, about it from the older kids. <laughs> From the local dealers, you know, right. you learned all the bad stuff about it on the news. Yeah, like uh, this is our first generation to really impart good information on them as they're growing. You know, my daughter will never see cannabis as something that's bad. You know what I mean? Like she, she'll never feel that stigma if I do what I know I need to do, you know? And that's ladies like you, you guys are spearheading that and it's, it's so honorable and it's it is really amazing yeah i i really pushed hard to have you both on the show because when aaron told me that you guys were pairing up i was like so excited to hear that because these are two really good energies that i think combined can service a large part of the community up in the hartford area and like you said kamora you know new haven is pretty old the, the hot spot Hartford is very underserved right now, very, very underserved when it comes to cannabis. And the fact that you two guys are up there actually serving the community really gives me a lot of hope for that Hartford area, you know, um, and, and it's a great thing. And, and even beyond, you know, so All right. we, we, we only got have a few minutes, minutes left. I want to, I want both of you to go over what events you got having. I know you have the the screening. So whoever wants to talk about that, all the details on that, but whatever you have going on at Wholeness House too, Aaron, and whatever else you got going on at uh, the Cultural Corner, let us know and how to get in touch with you. First, go ahead, Aaron, you go first. All right. Well, uh, Wholeness House, we've got this, uh, this Sunday is actually Kill a Smoke Fest Valentine's party. So, you know, come get your Valentine on. Oh, nice. That's more fun than the Super Bowl. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got Kimora's screening coming up on the 21st. And I'm hoping to actually have Dr. Robert Krauss come in March or April. He uh, works for Yale. He's a researcher in psilocybin specifically. And he is running groups. He's taking groups to the Netherlands. And um, I just saw a presentation he did this past weekend at the Burn and Learn Center on macrodosing and microdosing. And so I'm going to be bringing that in as well because psychedelics is also a big piece of what I do to treat depression and anxiety and addiction. Um, so Wholeness House is, is, we're spreading out. We've got a lot going on and all the stuff with Kimura. Um, we're we're going to be busy. So you can find me Good. on Instagram. Good. Good. Probably the easiest way, Instagram or Facebook. 
Um, I'm terrible at email. So I, I recommend social media. Actually, I will see that a lot faster. Okay. So it's Dr. Aaron S. Doolittle on Instagram and Aaron S. Doolittle on Facebook, correct? Yep. Oh, that's me. And does the Wholeness House have social media yet or no? The Wholeness House is on Instagram. I've got to make them make it a Facebook, but yep, it's on Instagram now. So it'll have a list of any of our upcoming events and, um, you know, a call out for anyone who's looking to run a group or do a class or wants to do something, get in touch with me and we will, we'll work it out with either free rent or really, really cheap. We really just want people to come in and, and bring life to this house. Okay. Very, very good. Now, Kamora, what's okay. going on? Tell us about the screening. Give us the details again, and then whatever else is going on at the corner. Okay. So let's see. So on February 21st, um, the documentary from our Black Art Heels tour in 2020, we're showing that over there at the Art Cinema. Um, we're going to have co-hosts there. So the the movement that was out there doing the Narcan training on Friday night, they'll be there with a the table, um, Onyx Economics, but other folks will be out there tabling. That's a great thing to come to. And then the big deal that I definitely need help with is our big fundraising dinner on April 21st, right? Okay. And so that is the Heritage Garden dinner that this year, this year we're adding, um, we're adding hemp and cotton. Um, no, this no, we're not. This year we're adding tobacco and cotton. Next year the hemp is coming in, but we're building out the Heritage Garden. And we're acquiring the land. So acquiring the land is going to cost close to a half a million dollars. We are about $150,000 into that already with two donors. So that, that's a big deal. Um, but I need sponsors. And as we talk about this and as we talk about the cannabis community coming in, I really want some big cannabis money in there. So like there's, so Matt Ritter, who is the Speaker of the House, is coming in as a $500 um, supporter, right? So he's sponsoring, he and his wife are sponsoring individually at $500. The Heritage Garden, Joey, you've got an idea. I would love to talk to people more about it when we have more time. But mm -hmm. I really would love to have some of the sponsors in there being folks from the cannabis community. That's happening on Friday, April 21st. Well, that is happening over in a fancy location where people are going to be spending a couple hundred dollars to come eat with us at Sterling Street. It's it's 421. So at Sterling Street, we're having our after party. So there will be a big old bonfire happening there. And I'm not sure whatever else, but at our space, it's 421. There'll be a bonfire. Okay. So we'll have you on again in April when we get closer to the date. But I want you to send me over all the info about the fundraiser. I'll post it up and I'll start talking about it on the show. Same with you, Aaron. Anything you have going on over at the Wholeness House and send me, um, you know, how you can buy tickets to the, the movie screening, all that info. Um, and if you want to know more, how do we get we get in touch with you? Beautiful. You can get to my website, which is www.kamoraisculturalcorner.com. Um, you can email me directly at Kamora Kamora's Cultural Corner. Find me on Facebook. I'm I'm not that hard to get in touch with. You can find No, me. you got a few groups on Facebook. You're on Facebook, you're on Instagram. Uh, anybody who wants to get involved, please reach out to Kimora or Aaron if you're in the Hartford area, or even if you're not, even if you're in the surrounding area. I have a feeling this is going to be a great partnership and a good hub. My uh, producer is telling me to say bye-bye. Lou, you got any final words? Everybody enjoy your life. Stay happy, healthy, and high. All right. You can like, share, subscribe, follow us at Greenhaven Media, at Joe the Weed Guy. And, and Cannabis Corner Radio on Facebook. Thank you, guys. We have a great week. We'll talk to you all next week. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Joe. Take care now. Bye-bye. I was going to clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was
Because I got high. 